it's time to have a life and work that you absolutely love. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I'm bringing you another episode today here on Dr. Me First about imposter syndrome. Da, da, da. It's a lot of stuff we've been talking about. It's a lot of what a lot of us feel, and I'm just super excited to talk with Dr. Kristen Yates all about that. She's a fellow DO woman, she's an OBGYN, and she is a mover and shaker in the world to help all of us move from imposter into authentic self. So listen to our conversation, then stick around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kristen Yates. Dio Women Unite. It's so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, tell the world a little bit about yourself and the special magic you're doing in the world. Yeah. So I um, am a board certified OBGYN physician. I'm in private practice in New Hampshire. And I graduated from medical school in 2012. I went to Kirksville College of Osteopathic Medicine, um, and that I did residency after that in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and graduated in 2016, so I'm three years out now, and I was all just kind of going down the path of you go to medical school if you want to be a doctor, and then you go to residency, and you take all these tests, and then you become an attending, and your life is over, and you just keep doing that for 30 years, and I didn't give one thought about it until after I graduated from residency and became an attending. And I just had this like overwhelming feeling of what now, now what, which I didn't expect to happen. And then I went down this long path that essentially led me very close to burnout that ultimately stemmed from imposter syndrome, which I didn't know what it was at the time. And now that's made me really passionate about kind of bringing an awareness to the young physicians and helping in any way that I can with the goal of preventing other women, I think young women physicians, especially from feeling like I did when I graduated um, from residency. Absolutely. And it's such a hard journey, like feeling all of that out and, and being like, what is this? What is this yuck that I'm covered in right now? Yeah. I think it's hard too, because when you make the decision to become a doctor, it's very clear. Like it's very obvious. This is the path you take. And I never once thought about be anything beyond the day one of an attending. But so much of it's that's the majority of our life. And I think that we are, we do a really bad job of preparing future doctors for that feeling and really allowing them to explore their interests outside of medicine before they get to that point. So it's no wonder I think that physicians leave practice or go to part-time because they just feel like it's it's not completely fulfilling them. And they I think that we maybe wrongly teach people that it should when it's not, that's not reality for a lot of us, I don't think. Do you know how I felt about was like that everything after training was like behind this like magical red curtain. Yeah. But you couldn't look behind the curtain until you got through the curtain. But everybody who had been through the curtain comes over and tells you like how it's so much better and, you know, just yeah. get through it. And then it's like, so the expectations are up. And then when you get through the curtain, you look at the other side, you're like, what? This Mm -hmm. is it? I was honestly just having the same conversation yesterday with some of my residents 
I always, if we have downtime in clinic, always try to like do a little bit of life coaching with them. I don't think they realize it, but I do. Yeah. And so I was like, so what are you going to do when you grow up? Like, what do you, what's your, what's your dreams? What's your aspirations? And like their first years. So they're still like stuck in the muck of it, Mm -hmm. but it was just, I think very enlightening to like crack that open to be like, Oh no, 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 no. Like you get to plan for that now. And it can be absolutely anything. And it was so funny. I was talking with one of the gals and she was like, well, I want to do this and I want to do this because it's family medicine. And, you know, you can do a little bit of everything. She's like, but I just, I don't think I can have that. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. I'm like, you can have anything you want. Right. It's just going to take a little bit of searching for it and some guidance. And it's like, now is the time to start sorting through that and be like, if you want to work 10 hours a week, you can work 10 hours a week. It's okay. And if you want to, you know, work a full FTE, you can do that too. And I think that's so important, the work that you're doing to help like open that up, open the curtain up and say like, Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and like not be any more secrets. And let's also just put it out there and say like, maybe it's not all rainbow and sunshine. Right. Right. Because I don't, you know, I think that it's good that that burnout and physician wellness is becoming more of a topic because it's important. And I, I remember when I was in college and a medical student telling me, he's like, you don't want to go to medical school. You don't want to do it. It's too hard. And as a college student, all you see is how great it will to be, be to be a doctor, but no one really tells you. And at the same time, a college student can't really understand what that really means, like how hard it is. But I think if we start developing each other into a full person instead of just grooming this perfectionist fixed mindset physician, then we're going to have happier physicians all around who are doing better for their patients because they're are a complete person who, who are, who's doing life the way they want to and not the way that they feel like they need to, to fit into the cookie cutter doctor cutout. Yes. Yes. Queen. Absolutely. I think that's a hundred percent that. And also I think maybe helping those pre-med students, med students, like with expectations, like, Hey, I know you want to take care of the whole world. However, there is a finite amount of patients that you will actually be able to see. And that's a different number for everyone. And we all do it in different ways. I just want you to get your expectations in line because I think that's where part of the burnout comes from. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's always one more. There's always one more. There's always someone else to help. There's always another call to pick up. There's always more, 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 more. And be like, no, that's not the expectation of this career. We want it to be sustainable and joy-filled your entire life. Mm-hmm. So let's figure out what that subset is for you. Right. Right. It's so true. And I think that just the people pleasing in medicine is becoming it's like a badge of honor, I think, like never saying no to anybody, being there for everybody else and not yourself. And that leads to it leads to quitting. It leads to burnout. It leads to resentment for your job. When instead of you can just say like, this is what it's going to take me. Like, this is what's sustainable for me now. And in 20 years from now, and just accepting who you are and, and all likewise other accepting other people for what sustainable for them without judgment. Cause it looks different from it for everybody. Mm, And that's a really important point. Totally. Accepting people where they're at, accepting where you're at. And Mm -hmm. it's like, all members on board, like 
we all bring different experiences, different yeah. skills to the table and also in different quantities. And so like for me, and I think about it, and maybe similar for you, like uh, BC before children, mm-hmm. I was like all in career. But then after I had those little monsters and I loved them so much, it changed, it flipped the whole equation. For and sure. what I can give into my career is now fundamentally changed something I didn't anticipate, but now speak a lot about it. And who knows, like once they get older and they're doing their thing, it'll change again. But that's where I think the cultural change has to come is so that my my value that I can bring into the workplace is just as acknowledged as if I was grinding 80 hours a week. Right. Right. And I think we should get to a place where it's more so valued because the quality of time that you're offering to patients arguably is better because you are all in there because you want to be there. It's on your own terms and you know the exact person that you are. And I think those are the types of physician that's, physicians that we need to be grooming. Mm-hmm. I love this. Well, what a great intro into your word, which is imposter syndrome. Da, da, da. <laughs> great word. Great topic. Tell me, tell me more why you pick this. I picked it because it has been something that I have been battling for as long as I can remember, but for a long time without nearly knowing what it was. And I actually don't remember how I came across imposter syndrome. I think I was a resident maybe. Um, and it, it was so clear to me that I had that because every, I remember getting accepted into medical school and legitimately thinking that it was a mistake. Like they called the wrong person and going through medical school and thinking that I had just, I have to work harder than everybody else. I'm not smart. I'm just, I work really hard and constantly being worried. Like this is the test I'm going to fail. They're going to realize I I can't, I'm not cut out to be a doctor and they're going to kick me out. Same thing with all through residency. Like I have to work so much harder than everybody else. This doesn't come as naturally to me. Therefore I'm an imposter. But when it really, I think it came to, ahead was after I graduated from residency and I was in attending and I'm on my own. And the burden that I felt from imposter syndrome was so heavy that truly is what caused me to almost quit my job. I just couldn't handle it. And everyone was like, oh, it just, you know, you just get better at dealing with it. It does, you know, you just, it doesn't really go away. It's just kind of, you just cover it up better. And I was like that, there's no way that that's sustainable for me. There's, if that's the true, if that's the truth, then there's no way that I can do this for 40 years. Um, and that led me to, it was actually, it coincided with the, me being postpartum with my second daughter. So I was like also simultaneously going through like, how do I lose weight? And it ended up this weird like shift of things where through my weight loss, I listened to podcasts. I don't know if you know Brooke Castillo at all, mm-hmm. the life book school. And all of that stuff and, and the, the premise of life coaching, you know, is the, your thoughts create your feelings, which blew my mind. And I was able to, through that, over, really overcome that feeling of imposter syndrome. And only through that was when I was able to find true fulfillment in my job. And I didn't have to quit my job. I didn't have to change my hours. I didn't have to go part time. It was all just thought work in my mind 
And that is, was such a powerful thing for me to go through that if there's like one other person, medical student resident who feels like an imposter and I can help them switch it, like that means everything to me because it was such a huge shift in my life. I can't imagine where I would be if I hadn't made that change. Can you remember some of the thought switching that you did to get you on this path? Yeah, the the most specific one because it only it wasn't that long ago, it was a year and a half ago I think where I I felt this incredible burden specifically being on OB call and for me in my hospital that's one physician um covering two to three midwives who are doing primary call and then also covering like the ER for GYN emergencies and that kind of thing. And I have great partners. I work with incredible people, but essentially it was me. Um, and I felt the, the thought in my mind, which I had to really, it took me a while to figure out what it was, but what I was, when I was feeling anxiety, the thought that I had was I'm not a good enough doctor and people are going to find out something's going to walk through that door and I'm not going to know what to do. And everyone's going to figure out that I'm not a good enough doctor. So I, once I identified that, I was able to switch it to a thought that made more sense and that felt better for me, which was I can handle anything that comes my way. So over time, every time I was on call and I would feel this anxiety and I would realize that's where it's coming from is that thought, I would switch it and I would change it to the thought of I can overcome anything that comes my way or I can handle anything that comes my way because that felt true to me. I could call for help. I knew how to look up help. In most cases, I did know what to do. Um, and over a series of several weeks, it was like a fog had been lifted and I didn't feel that burden anymore. And it was incredible. And that's now like my mantra. It's just naturally what my brain tells me. <laughs> so, which is much better than you. You love neuroplasticity yeah. and how yes. we can change that. I had a similar experience with call again, getting out as an attending and then like, you're it kind of yeah. thing. And I had the like doom and droom anxiety of like, oh my God, I'm on call this weekend. Same thing, digging in and being like, why do I, I feel like this? Mine was actually revolved around if I missed a call, then my, my thought that was deep down that I really had to dig and find out was like, if I missed a call, then they're going to think I'm a poor ass doctor, like mm -hmm. that I don't care about them and that. And so I almost got like uber fixated and like slept with my phone right next to me, turned up on like the highest setting and like yeah. checked it thousands of times a day. And, you know, once I identified that, that no, like if I miss a call, it's fine. They'll call back or they'll figure it out or they'll call my backup and it'll be, okay. this has no bearing on who I am as a person. And as mm -hmm. a doctor, that really helped settle my like fixation on missing a call when I'm on call. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what was the most amazing thing for me is that when you, when you're, when you struggle with imposter syndrome, you think that you're the only one who has those thoughts and you're the, cause then you're and you're so scared of being thought of as a fraud that you don't want to tell anybody else you feel this way because then people will don't, will, will you'll be uncovered, you know? So it's so interesting. I, I gave a talk to um, a medical school, Unicom, it's an osteopathic school in Biddeford, Maine. And all of the students feel the same way that they're not smart enough. They have to work. Everyone has these thoughts. Most people have them and perfectionists and people with fixed mindset, minorities, um, 
basically a type a personalities like basically a medical student basically all of us <laughs> all of us all of us at risk for imposter syndrome so we're all in our own minds thinking these same things no one's talking about it so we feel isolated we feel like a fraud and then when really if we just said it out loud and everyone would be like I feel that same way and it takes the isolation away yeah and then it binds you with community I love that you're doing this I know that it's still like a relatively new topic and that you're starting to get your feet wet. And I'm so proud of you for taking those first steps forward and for coming on the podcast and being like, Hey, I got imposter syndrome. Who else? (laughs) How can I help you with it? Tell the people out there kind of where you're at with this, your website and what you're doing with it. Yeah. So I have a website. It's just kristenyatesdo.com. I'm most active um, through Instagram on social media where I like to post basically things that I've struggled with or um, variety of things, being a mom or only BGYN or having imposter syndrome or a variety of other insecurities that I struggle with. Um, but right now I do have a masterclass on, that I, you can just get by going to my website. It's, um, the, it's exactly what I did to overcome imposter syndrome which is essentially just identifying incorrect thoughts and changing them. Um, it's like 20 minutes long, but that's available to anyone who wants it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I will have all of those links in the show notes. You can go to our website, watch the 20 minute class, and then get a hold of Kristen on Instagram and tell her how it went because we love yeah. hanging out on Instagram together. It is a fun space. If you aren't on Instagram, you need to be because we get all sorts of sassy on there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Well, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I just appreciate you so much as colleague, as friend, and fellow DO woman. Thank you for having me. Hello, you are not the only one. Did it feel like she kind of picked around in your brain a little bit? I know that I felt on some of the things that she was saying. So I hope that you're walking your way realizing you are fucking amazing. And there's nothing to be found out from you. And in order to get through imposter syndrome, it's really identifying that it wasn't luck. It wasn't that you just dropped out of the sky and just happened to be in this place. You deserve where you are at. And actually, you probably deserve a whole lot more for all the work that you've done, for the brilliance that you bring into your world, into your workplace, and for just being the amazing person and the hard worker that you are. So I wanted to give you a little little slap on the ass and encourage you and say, if you're feeling this, if you are feeling like you are an imposter and you've been feeling this for the last decades, years, whatever it's been, reach out to a coach. Because you can work through this. You can come out on the other side and realize the expert that you have worked so diligently to become. Get a hold of Kristen. Get a hold of me. Get a hold of any of my other guests who have been on here who are interested in this topic. And I know they would be more than happy to help you work through this. So a little bit of homework in this. Name your imposter in your head. So that when you can identify when she's kind of talking to you. Mine, I call the mean girl. Kind of like we wear pink on Wednesdays kind of thing. 
And that way I can really identify it when she's starting to poke around in my life and when her voice is getting a lot louder. So let me know what you call your little voice of imposter syndrome in your head. I'd love to find out about it in our new group that's forming on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Dr. Me First. If you want to be part of our community that are talking about these episodes, each and every one of them and supporting one another, come on over, be a patron of the show and more so join the community. So remember my friend, Your life, your calling, your pulse matters.